can catch it, and then again on Wednesday on the Wednesday afternoon show. So stay tuned. Ariel and Gloria. Catskill Town Board meets every first Tuesday of the month at 6.30 p.m. at the Catskill Town Hall and holds a committee meeting the third Wednesday of the month at 6.30 p.m. You can turn out in person at the Catskill Town Hall to speak at these meetings or tune in to a live web stream through the Catskill Town Board and WGXC. Go to wgxc.org slash listen or click on the listen button at wgxc.org to tune in to any of the Catskill Town Board meetings the first Tuesday of the month at 6.30 p.m. and the third Wednesday of the month at 6.30 p.m. at wgxc.org and townofcatskillny.gov. Wave Farm programs are made possible in part by the New York State Council on the Arts with the support of the New York State Legislature, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, the Greene County Legislature through the County Initiative Program, administered in Greene County by CREATE, the Alexander and Marjorie Hover Foundation, the T. Backer Fund, the Joseph Family Charitable Trust, and hundreds of other generous individual donors, including WGXE's sustaining supporters, who provide critical monthly support to Wave Farms radio station WGXE 90.7 FM. Thank you. WGXE is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of Neil Verma of Chicago, Illinois. WGXE's sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXE as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Greene and Columbia counties. Become a WGXE sustaining supporter today. Go to wgxc.org and click Donate. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. I'm Amanda. I'm Jenny. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight to WGXC 90.7 FM Acre. Uh, we are a twice a month, every second and fourth Tuesday to be exact, movie chat show. We pick a theme, pick movies, and then watch movies around that theme separately and then get on the airwaves to talk about them and surprise each other with what we watched and how we felt about it. Uh, but before we get into that, we got to talk about this wonderful station. Oh, we really do. <clears throat> it's, yeah. If you haven't heard, it's the WGXC Fall Pledge Drive. How yes. exciting. Yes. We're trying to reach $5,000 in uh, monthly, monthly staining, su- sustaining supporters. Sus- supporters, yes. Uh, which is, so for the radio to continue working the way it is which is with a physical antenna with all of these incredible voices on the radio who are not paid for all volunteer programmers just to keep us moving we're just looking for a couple of people a month to provide just a couple bucks a couple bucks every month something like five dollars ten dollars you could even do one dollar a month if that's what works for you uh just to keep this whole thing moving which is such a wonderful resource for this area. We have local news in the mornings. WGXC plays Democracy Now. Uh, We have all of our, anybody who wants a radio show can have one to make their voice heard. Anyone who has something they'd like to say can call into WGXC and record a message to be played over the airwaves. It's like such a special and unique 
space that we have here that uh, not a lot of them still exist. It's true. Um, so uh, part of this this uh, pledge drive, they've been playing a lot of old broadcasts. And the other day, I tuned into ninety point seven FM. And I caught a bit of the very first broadcast oh um, of WGXC, which was great. And then a couple of people being interviewed for NPR around this around the time that um, WGXC came on the airwaves. And a big reason for them starting it or people getting behind this project was so that there was actually access to local news. It's yes. it's hard to find where we are. There's no one's really throwing a local newspaper on your doorstep <laughs> necessarily. Uh, so like Jenny said, it is an incredible resource for local news. And that's only one one of the wonderful things that this station can do for the area. Um, we want to stay on the airwaves. We, we really love, do. We love having our show. Um, both it's of, been... Oh, both, I was just going to say, both of us have, are monthly sustaining supporters because we, we believe in the radio so much yeah. that we ourselves throw our hats in the ring. Um, you know, we love being programmers, but we also love having access to what we hear on the radio. Mm -hmm. um, like Amanda said, I feel like I get most of my <clears throat> local news from WGXC. Like, you know, there's some stuff you can get on the internet, some stuff you can get on the papers, but all of my most up-to-date information pretty much always comes from me tuning into 90.7 and hearing what's going on. And it's like, it's such a special and wonderful thing that we get to have. Exactly. And also, um, Amazing shows from other local stations yeah. are syndicated on this one and vice versa. So you get to hear station shows out of stations in Kingston or mm -hmm. Great Barrington, Massachusetts. Um, Some Albany, too, like WOC yeah. we get a lot of. Yeah, it's so nice to have it. Um, and the reason we need donations regularly is because a lot of other stations are owned by large corporations mm -hmm. like iHeartRadio. They don't need the help that we do to stay on the airwaves. And the people who make WGXC run do so on a very, very small budget. They're not really getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> um, or at least if they are, they're not getting paid as much as they deserve because this is a vital a vital business to be in and to be to be making happening. But it's um, not... We need more money. <laughs> yeah, a true shoestring <clears throat> budget. So if you value what you hear here on WGXE 90.7 FM online or if you are local and you're listening to it on the radio if you have the cash throw a couple bucks in our in our bucket you know it's really it's one of those things where it can be as simple as five bucks a month if that's something that you have access to um, or if you only have time or the ability to do like a one-time donation that's also any amount is always welcomed obviously sustaining donors help to keep it on like keep the radio going on forever <laughs> as mm -hmm. long as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's always what we prefer. But if you just have like an extra 20 bucks this month that you don't think you're going to have next month, throw that this way too. Throw like, it in the pot. Yeah. it's So what you can do is you can head on over to WGXZ.org slash donate. Yes. So simple. If you're new to the area too, we encourage yes. you to donate. This is a... Uh, there's a lot of amazing organizations locally that you should be donating to. Um, and this is one of them. So it, it's a great way to be a part of the community. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're new or not, but if you're new to the area, please definitely consider becoming a monthly sustaining supporter. Like Jenny said, $5 a month at the lowest, but really, a lot of us are paying more than that a month for services that we don't really use that much. And even if you don't listen to WGXC every day, that money goes a long way to keeping an incredible resource alive and well in our area. It really does. I know there's a lot of things you donate to where you're like, where's this actually going? But yeah. WGXC is very clearly like we are operating on very little. It's just keeping the lights on, basically. Yeah. Uh, and that's it's a really easy way to feel like you're a part of your community, um, contribute to the kind of community you would like to see, which mm -hmm. is local voices. You know, we call it radio for open ears, and that is what it is. It's like anybody who wants a show can have a show. Anybody who wants to have their voice heard can have their voice heard. It's not owned by corporate interests like WGXC is so free to kind of say whatever mm -hmm. and express the opinions of the people who actually live here and have thoughts and feelings and want to talk about what's going on with them. And Absolutely. It's, it's just a really easy way to be a part of that. Yeah. So if you're interested, and I hope you are, if you're listening, 
you want to head on over, baby, to WGXC.org slash donate. Yes. And donate the amount of your choosing. Yeah. Uh, Again, also, when I came across that broadcast about the very start of WGXC, uh, another big idea behind it, you know, local news, but also hearing different opinions instead of, again, like the... Uh, the opinions generally held by whatever parent company is running the station, we hear value. We we value hearing opinions from all all across the spectrum. Um, it's welcomed and it's it's nice to be able to have that as well yeah, to truly, truly understand um, how the temperature of your community and yeah. all all of its variants. Yeah, absolutely. Like a truly a place where there is actually a democratized like uh yeah a level of opinions like you hear actually what everybody has to say yeah here on wgxe and i think that's really beautiful yeah. you want to be a punk for real yeah you want to actually be a punk you want to be a punk for real you want to be punk? a punk for real come on man donate to wgxe that's actually punk baby yeah exactly <laughs> wgxe.org slash donate come on send those ducats in baby we yeah. need them it's it's a uh, you can also call to leave to pledge an amount you can call 518-697-7400 that's 7400 that number again is area code 518-697-7400 pledge an amount today become a sustaining supporter we love you for it because again we want to keep being on the airwaves. How long have we been on the airwaves, Jenny? Oh, it's been about three years it's now. Been Isn't about that crazy? Years. It is. Time sure flies when you're having fun yeah. on the airwaves with your best buddy. Oh. By the way, it's Jenny's birthday. Oh. It's Jenny's birthday tonight. So if you've listened to our show before, you know that, again, like I said at the top of the hour, we pick a theme for every episode and then we watch movies around that theme. Sometimes it's a classic genre like action movie Hong like Kong I action movies. I simply can't think of a regular genre. I know. We tr- we try to mix it up. We try to make it a little more specific. But tonight cuz this show fell right on Sweet Jenny's birthday, we picked the genre of movies that we think Jenny would like. I think Jenny would like and then Jenny just watched movies that they like. <laughs> um, I I mean, look. Okay, so we're going to talk about we're going to do the show times first. But yeah, of course. before we get there, I do just want to say for me this was a like matchmaker matchmaker make me a match yeah find me a movie that i'm really gonna love that's what that's my goal for this and so if you at home are listening and you hear the description of what makes a jenny movie a jenny movie and you have something in mind and you're like oh my god they would love this please dm us on instagram please god i'm always looking for more movies to watch our instagram is at dim the lights with jenny and amanda the name of our show no spaces or underscores or anything like that so dm us at dim the lights with jenny and amanda we're gonna get more into what makes a jenny movie a jenny movie but first we're gonna tell you about what is playing in the theaters locally um i can start off here Take with us away. We'll check out the Highway Drive-In, which is still open. Yes. So our other local drive-in in our radius is the Greenville Drive-In. They are closed for the season. But we still have the Highway Drive-In in Kuksaki open. And on screen one, so these are the show times. Um, they're open through Friday Friday through Sunday. And th- so the show times for this weekend, we have on screen one, the Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour concert film. Uh it's playing all night. Yep. <laughs> you can see it twice, baby. <laughs> I also hear that uh, tickets for that are limited. So yes. please. You want to order them in advance if you're interested. Exactly. Screen two, we have Hocus Pocus and Practical Magic. It's so cute. Screen three, we have Saw X and The Nun 2. And screen four, we have The Exorcist, Believer, and The Creator. You can find out more about show times and titles and prices and all that at highwaydrivein.com. That's H-I-W-A-Y drivein.com. All right. Now I'm going to tell you it's playing over at the Crandall Theater in Chatham. Uh, For the upcoming this week and next week, we have Jewels, Minions, A Haunting in Venice, Stop Making Sense, Vermeer, The Greatest Exhibition, and Film Columbia 2023 Kickoff Party. Uh, so if you're interested in any of those things, you can head on over to crandalltheater.org to find out the showtimes and any more information that you might need. Amazing. 
All right, next we're going to go up the mountain, and I'm going to tell you about what's at the Wyndham Theater. We have Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, (laughs) and The Exorcist Believer. You can find out more about Showtimes at WyndhamTheater.com. That's spelled W-I-N-D-H-A-M Theater.com. All right, now I'm going to tell you about what's playing at the Upstate Films locations, starting with the Star Cinema, which is the one in Rhinebeck. We have a close-up. She came to me with director Rebecca Miller. We have Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour. There's also just She Came to Me Without the Director's Commentary, if you're interested in that. In a Lonely Place, Out of the Past, Piaf, The Royal Hotel, Scrapper, The Interview, and Close Up, Radical Wolf with editor Brian Gersten. And then heading on over to the Orpheum, which is the uh, upstate location in Saugerties, we have The Creator, Stop Making Sense, Joan Baez, I Am a Noise, Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, Hour of the Wolf, The Others, which I would love to see in a theater. <gasps> Thrilling. And that's playing the, at It's playing upstate? at Upstate in Saugerties, yes. Uh, we also have Harry Smith's Early Abstractions with Live Soundtrack. Dumb Money, and Hypnosis, Squaring the Circle. And that's H-I-P-G-N-O-S-I-S for those who know. I don't know. I don't know (laughs) either. But somebody probably does. Uh, And if you want to know about those specific showtimes, you can head on over to upstatefilms.org. Amazing. So the last theater that I have to tell you about is the Spotlight Theater in Hudson, which is the eight-screen theater that's on Fairview Avenue here in Hudson. And I went to their website to pull up the showtimes, as I usually do, and it says the Hudson, New York location is closed today to make new make way for the new owners. <gasps> Whoa! At Spotlight? At Spotlight. Oh my so this is news to me. Now it's the news that's fit to say over the airwaves. Um, I do not know anything about the new owners, but wow. I'm and I'm sorry that I'm not prepared with the information <laughs> that you need, but so the spotlight is still looks like it's still going to be a theater, but it has new owners. Um, you can check in on the news about them at spotlightcinemas.com. Wow. Just in time, I, I'm trying to remember what it's called. The other theater on Fairview also just reopened. The one that, the one that used to be for, you know, for the old heads, the Fairview three, the one that was staffed by the ghosts. It was staffed by ghosts. By ghosts. Yeah. Uh, and then briefly was like a dinner theater. They reopened and they, I think it's called the Madison theater now. Oh, I've heard of, and, uh, I've heard of the Madison. Friends of the show, Chuck and Ellen went and they said it was great. So we'll have to. Madison also in Albany is that a, it's a oh maybe that's an oh maybe it's a chain theater oh, I think it's a chain I haven't looked into it yet but but that one's also up and running so something to think think about you know if you're looking for if you want to go see a movie on Fairview but Spotlight's closed all right but first I don't know anything about that so I'm just going to tell you about what's playing at TSL which is uh, in Hudson proper as we all know so they have been doing a special director's movie series for the last couple of weeks and now we're on to Fassbinder so. Uh, it's three movies. We have Ali, Fear Eats the Soul, The Marriage of Maria Braun, and Lola. And if you're interested in any of those movies, which are seven from the 70s and 80s, if you're not familiar with Fassbinder, uh, you can head on over to timeandspace.org to find out about their specific showtimes and any other information you'd like to know about their uh, ongoing special director's movie series. Gorgeous. 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 Wow. We have oh, so many right. movie theaters. We're so lucky. We are so lucky. Um, I feel so blessed. I know. It's really, it's one of those things that makes you feel, one of the many things that makes you feel glad to live here, such as WGXC 90.7 FM. Exactly. Uh, another thing I was going to say about our wonderful station when we were first talking about it is that oftentimes they'll tune in and they live stream uh, local events, yes, which is really cool. Which is so sick. Um, oftentimes they'll live stream uh, town board meetings, yep. which is extremely helpful. And then a lot of times it'll be incredible music events, yeah. um, readings, all sorts of stuff like that. You can also head to their website for a community calendar, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Like, And also if you're hosting an event in the area, you can send in your listing to the website and they'll post it for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then every morning 
when Tom Rowe reads, does the morning show, he uh, reads from the community calendar. Yep. So it's great free advertising, but you know, maybe just donate. So it's not so free. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things that makes me really glad to, I mean, I'm so glad to have a resource like this where I can learn about local events because, Mm -hmm. you know, we used to use Facebook for that and Facebook's kind of dead now. Yeah. It's really nice to have some source of, you know, what's going on. And I know in particular, the pledge drive this fall is also trying to highlight a lot of local music acts. So I know a lot of other programmers are playing local bands, um, live broadcasting local shows, which we have a lot of musical talent in this area, which Mm -hmm. is so thrilling. Um, So, yeah, if you're interested in that, absolutely check it out. But also head on over. Hey, it's my birthday. Give me a present. What Give I Jenny want, a present. I only want one thing. Jenny asks for so little. They never ask you for anything. Please. And they're just asking this now. I just want one thing from you. And I'm only going to ask you this once. Just Will you give them this one thing. Just go on over to wgxc.org slash donate and give a couple dollars a month to our beautiful radio station. Come on. And maybe, you know, maybe you're a person who likes it the old fashioned way, like Amanda said. And you can call. And leave it that way. And that's like pretty thrilling to use the telephone that way. It is nice. And if you want to do that, you just call this little phone number. Are you ready? Do you have a pen? Okay. It's 518-697-7400. Just write that down. Give them a little call. Give them a call. Give them a couple bucks. Um, we, we can, we'll happily take any donations at any time, but right now, if you donate during the pledge drive, you can watch your donation get dropped into the little meter. Oh, so fun. Like the thermometer that gets filled up. Exactly. It's just like that. We're almost all the way to 5,000. I think we're at 4,000. So there's not a lot left to do. You could be the one who gets us all the way. You could get us across the finish line. Do you want to be that guy? Get us over. I want to be that guy. guy. Come on. That's great. Exactly. (laughs) Well, Jenny, so tell me again and tell the good listeners what makes you love a movie. Okay. What makes a Jenny movie a Jenny movie when I... (laughs) I'm <laughs> watching a movie. What are the things that I'm seeing, the content that I'm seeing that makes me say, oh, Jenny would love this movie? Oh my God, I thought you'd never ask. So for context, I want to be very clear that this is specifically Jenny horror. We're in October. Yeah, that's true. It's that's my true, birth that's true. month. It's not just any Jenny movie. But to be clear, my favorite movies are horror movies. So frankly, yeah. you're going to hit it no matter what. But here on this, the day of my birth, please help me. What I'm looking for is... A movie that is dark, ideally a little bloody, a little gross, just a little bit, maybe a lot. Who knows? You know, it's up to you. The gross meter is malleable. What I really want, I want it to be a little romantic. I want it to be really gross. I want it to be pretty horny, Mm -hmm. you know? As a plus, if you can, give me some cannibalism. If you can, that's what I'm looking for. It has to be a little homoerotic, just a little bit. It could be really homoerotic, then you get 10 stars from me. But if you only got a little bit, that's okay too. For me, I always really resonate with like those really gross movies that you're watching and you're like, something's wrong. And I don't know what it is. What? I can't quite put my finger on what's so wrong about this. But it's not right. And that's the stuff that makes me go, huh? What? Tell me more. I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear more. Can you put it on for 10 hours, actually? That sounds great. You want a little of a subtle uncanniness. Oh, yeah, baby. I want it to make you feel bad. Nothing that's banging you over the head with it. But just something that's... A li- like yeah unsettling in a way that you can't put your finger on I really love movies that make you sit in that place where it's like look look <laughs> <laughs> I'm not look <laughs> listen. I, listen I am a person with a strong ethical code however when it comes to fiction yeah films movies television books all of those things I really like when the story puts you into a position of being deeply uncomfortable with the ethics and morals of a situation, but ideally in the context of a romantic relationship. (laughs) That's what I want. I want to be confused. I want to feel a little icky, and I want to feel like I'm going to be sitting with the consequences of somebody's actions for a while. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, and that is... 
as we know, the beauty of movies in general, but of course, specifically like horror movies or movies that involve some unsettling themes and, and pictures uh, <laughs> is a safe way to explore those things. Because ultimately you're still sitting in the theater or at home or wherever you're sitting watching it. You're you're hopefully feeling safe and comfortable. Exactly. But you are allowed to come into this fictional world where you get to confront these things that are that are hard to face sometimes. Yeah. But it's good. It's good to exercise those parts of your mind. I think it's a really special thing that we get from fiction where we can really explore these incredibly uncomfortable situations that are ethically ambiguous or ethically bad, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> and you can kind of like experience it, yeah, in this safe place where it is fascinating and something that really makes your mind kind of grapple with it like mm -hmm. I don't really like movies that are easy it depends sometimes when it's like you know if sometimes it's like you want to turn your brain off exactly and... but for me generally the things that really like make me interested and sit up and be engaged are things that really like rub my brain the wrong way <laughs> like I want things to be bad <laughs> yeah well and I think also like um deeply human stories in that way Absolutely. like as humans we are we are capable of such incredible complexity. Totally. And it's nice when movies explore that. It's and again, it can be a scary place to go because it's often things we don't want to admit that we think or feel or desire. Totally. But we absolutely do. No one is alone in desiring <laughs> those effed up things. Yeah. Or we love or, yucky or at least stuff wanting to as a human race. Doors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, and those often feel like such truly honest human stories and refreshing in that way because so many things want to shy away from that and pretend that we're all quote unquote normal or want totally. this and normal the normal that but um so it's it's a you like a a story that's truly human yeah and honestly human in that way Absolutely. where people are, are are lifting up those rocks and yeah. seeing what's underneath <laughs> and what's maybe under that picking it up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I do just, you know, I, I love like melodrama. I love just like the big, strong human emotions of it all. It makes me so glad to see. Yeah. I am so excited to find out what you watched. I, I'm like, I'm almost like, should I talk about movies that I like or like, well, or do you so want to just I'm go gonna into I'm going to ask it? first. Yeah. Again, I'm going to try to bend to our millions of listeners <laughs> out there and and uh before we get into what you and i watched i want to ask you to describe like a great example okay of of a jenny movie god that's just i one mean one or two whatever <laughs> just just like list some examples so we have kind of a template to run absolutely. off absolutely the one that i always think of as like the uber jenny horror movie because in part because very few other people are obsessed with it in the same way that i am <laughs> and i used it for our post for our instagram mm -hmm, obviously mm -hmm. is the movie ravenous from 1999 which so, is yeah. directed by antonia bird who sadly only made a couple of movies before she passed away she was an english director oh i didn't even realize it was directed by a woman but yeah of dude course of it course is. it is uh so ravenous if you're not familiar it's frankly one of my favorite movies as the years go on I'm like is it my favorite movie we just don't know it's hard to, it's too soon to tell but it's from the late 90s as I said it is about a uh guy in the army played by Guy Pierce who is dishonorably discharged during I want to say the Spanish-American war but it's hard to say I don't recall but in like the late 1800s um because he plays dead during a battle um, because he's too scared and too upset and so as a result, he's dishonorably discharged from the military, but is dealing with like intense PTSD from being surrounded by dead bodies and like getting blood is in his mouth during I was it. Say a little bit of a little blood dri goes dripping in his blood, yeah. In that uh, and so he's sent to an outpost out in. I want to say like somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, um, yeah, westward expansion, westward expansion energy in the United States. Um, he's sent to this outpost, which is staffed by exclusively oddballs who have been either dishonorably discharged or just like sent away True from outcasts. the military because they're just absolute weirdos. Um, and so it was a really fun like cast of characters where you get all these fun character actors you don't get to see very often. Uh, and while he's there, a guy shows up played by Robert Carlyle, <clears throat> who claims to have been a part of a troop of people traveling west in, like, covered wagons who are trying to find, you know, a new place to settle. But they get trapped, much like the Donner Party. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
as they're trapped, staying in this cave, trying to stay warm and survive, one of the members of their party goes mad and starts killing everybody and eating them. And eventually, Robert Carlyle, who claims to be... I can't remember if he's Colonel Ives before or after, but he he comes, he claims to be the sole survivor, Mm -hmm. except for the other guy who's committing the murders. Mm -hmm. But as the film goes on, you realize that he is actually the one who is committing the murders. And as he was consuming human flesh, becomes a superhuman creature. It's kind of, it's got like a Wendigo vibe. Mm-hmm. Like there is also a native character whose name is Martha and she's like, something is not right here. This guy is not good. This guy is not good. Um, but what follows is basically this like psychosexual, like cat and mouse thriller between Guy Pierce and Robert Carlyle, um, where they are, Robert Carlyle is trying to eat everybody who's in the outpost, basically. <laughs> All that food. <laughs> and Guy Pierce is not interested in that, obviously. And so it just becomes this really complex, like, we- it has this really weird tone that's really hard to describe to it's people. Such a cha- it's such a tonally chaotic movie, it's, which is one of the reasons you love it. I love it so much. It's like, it's generally described as a black comedy, but I kind of disagree with that because there are things about it that are really funny, but in general, I think it's actually just like this really weird dark satire. Yeah. Kind of. Um, but it's extremely homoerotic and it's also just like, it has incredible like, these really insane bloody scenes and Robert Carlyle's delivering his lines with like such insane melodrama <laughs> that like everything he says is crazy and I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. And it just, it has this like, it has this really weird crackling energy in part because their relationship is so intense and so insane because Robert Carlyle wants Guy Pierce to become a cannibal like him, yeah. but he also kind of wants to eat him. Like yeah. it's like this weird energy where it's like, I love you. I also want you to be a part and of this with me. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, <laughs> therein lies the a Jenny a Jenny appeal. Do I want to eat you or do I want to be you? Yeah. It's hard to say. We just couldn't say. <laughs> but I love it. Just has like such insane energy, and I yeah. Oh no, oh, that's good too. There's a lot of bells in here. I know. There's so many bells around us. But yeah, so that's whenever I think of like the er text of like what is the Jenny horror, I'm like, baby, it's ravenous. I want to watch two people who are insanely obsessed with each other and it's like in this really violent way but there's also something very tender about it bless you and like I I mean like there are a lot of things about Ravenous that I love like it also has a really insane soundtrack which is uh the composed by Damon Albarn and Michael (laughs) Nyman like this really bizarre combination uh it has so many pieces of it that I think are part of the puzzle but for me the like beating heart of it pun intended is <laughs> that it's about these two people who are like truly obsessed with each other and inextricably intertwined yeah. and like just cannot remove themselves from the situation like i just want people who are so obsessed with each other that they're like i kind of just want to consume you yeah, that's how I obsessed don't, with i don't you know I what else to do with this feeling exactly um that's that's what i'm talking about baby i'm a freak and i can't help it can't help it that i am what i am perfectly brings me into the second movie i watched two movies uh there's obviously one million jenny movies out there there's a lot i didn't get to but that brings me perfectly into claire denny's trouble every day oh my god i've never seen it yeah so uh, my trap worked which is (laughs) give me movie recommendations so I it's been on my list forever because I had never seen it either and it's and as soon as I was going through my list and I saw that one I was like oh perfect this is a great one to finally see for Jenny Horror um tr- so Trouble Every Day is from uh, written and directed by the very famous French director Claire Denis and it stars Vincent Gallo and Beatrice Dahl as well as uh, Trisha Vesey and Alex Deca. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but he's French, so I'm assuming it is. We. Oui. Um, it's va- it's from 2001. It's vaguely about a uh, American couple on their honeymoon in Paris, um, and he's a scientist. Uh, they're very much in love, like lots, uh, clearly very in love, lots of very impassioned uh, PDA. Claire Denis <laughs> is excellent at um, 
kind of like just excellent as sex scenes really yeah, like absolutely. she's she's great at, at portraying a sex scene without kind of the normal trappings or angles or whatever yeah. <laughs> so lots of like lots of like touching soft skin um and meanwhile you have uh beatrice doll whose character is named core and her husband leo who's alex deca um and leo is also a doctor and a scientist and core is afflicted with some kind of vague disease where she is ravenously horny (laughs) and it's so this movie is uh, often gets lumped into like a a modern vampire Mm -hmm. tale which i can see it is somewhat that because it's implied this movie is very vague in the information that it gives um it's like a, a lot of the details I'm going to say are kind of extrapolated. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it, it is implied that she has an illness that basically makes her uh, eat people, oh. attack people and eat them. But it, it comes with this like very intense sexual energy. So right. she's also sexually assaulting people and then eating them. Um, <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the in the scene where oh the scenes where she's clearly killed someone for most of the movie are uh off camera you know you just kind of see her encounter a stranger and then there's a dead body and then there's her covered in blood and leo kind of comes to her rescue and buries the bodies for her to protect her um very much like a vampire Mm -hmm. love story kind of like let the right one in where it's like someone's loves them and is protecting them and, and burying the bodies um, f- because they're afflicted with this thing that they can't control. Right. Um, the scene where you where you do see her kill someone is incredibly disturbing. Ooh, yeah. Um, and uh, it, but the ailment that she's that actually uh, Vincent Gallo's character is all we find out is also kind of afflicted with. The acting in this movie is really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Beatrice Dahl is like such a freak. She's like, <laughs> she reminds me of like a French Feruza Balk. Oh my God. Like she's so beautiful, but she's also terrifying looking. Yeah, totally. Like she has her like big, beautiful mouth and her like gap teeth. Yeah. And she's just, she's gorgeous, but she's kind of a freak show. Like strong featured. Yeah, she's real intense. Again, like a Feruza Balk kind of like, ah, like you're so hot, but I don't want to look you in the eyes. Um, <laughs> but. The scene where she she kills this poor uh, unsuspecting like these like two um, teens break into the house where Leo ha- has to barricade her. She's she's um, boarded up into a room Whoa. so she doesn't escape and kill anyone. But these two teens break into the house while Leo's away, and uh, she's hot, she's horny, and this this kid is like, "Yeah, I want to <laughs> go for it." So he breaks breaks her breaks into the room where she is, and it's all looking like a young guy's fantasy for a sec until it really isn't. And um, the way that Beatrice Dahl acts, this oh God, it's it's. It's very convincing, absolute, uncontrollable, like orgiastic sexual fervor. Yeah, totally. Um, like again, almost having so much of this, this feeling and this desire that you can't just have sex; you have to consume this right, person. Right. Totally. Yeah. Um. So again, Vincent Gallo's character. He once they once he and his uh, new new wife get to paris he's kind of not around much like he leaves the hotel room and is just kind of wandering around he's being a bit of like a sexual creep like Mm -hmm. he's getting a little too close to people on the subway and like squeezing some butts (laughs) um and having blood-drenched visions um and we find out that he and leo used to be co-workers and um he's he stole maybe some of the intellectual property of Leo, like a paper that mm-hmm. Leo wrote. And I guess they were, they worked together on a, in doing some experiments in Guyana. Oh no. Um, so again, there's a lot of the details of the story are kind of extrapolated. So we can assume that they came across some disease 
from elsewhere. Yep. Um, and we know that Vincent Gallo is trying to find Leo to figure out what's going on with him right. because he too is feeling very horny oh no. and also wanting to eat and very people hungry. <laughs> and very hungry. Um, and he, there's also eventually an inc- toward the end, an incredibly, incredibly disturbing, uh, rape scene and then uh eating someone scene (laughs) if you will um uh and yeah and it (laughs) (laughs) i have i have a lot more reading to do about trouble every day but it's good it's it's okay it has it's close to a jenny movie it's close it's not homoerotic enough claire denis is excellent at making like a psychosexual film totally yeah absolutely. excellent at doing that she's very good at not saying everything mm-hmm. and just she in this movie she does a great job at doing what portraying what we we're describing where you're it's beyond your control how much you want to consume another person totally, yeah um but it's not well, first of all, it's just not homoerotic at all. Ugh, it's um, a difficult needle to thread, I have to say. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm asking for something incredibly specific. And even though it is vague, it's it's still a bit unsubtle. Like, yeah, totally. It would be nice if, rather than it being implied that it's a disease, if it's just an emotion. Right, totally, <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, like, it's allegory for so many things right. yeah, love and addiction and like uh vincent gallo is hiding this from right. his wife uh he's whom he's very much in love with there's scenes where they're they're almost going to have sex and then he stops because he doesn't want to start right. eating yeah, her totally. <laughs> um he got he has to get these very specific rocks off elsewhere <laughs> um so yeah, it's allegory for, you know, hiding addiction and and all sorts of stuff. But um yeah, it's 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 almost to a Jenny movie. Though I I still want you to see it and I want to hear what you think I about it. I will be it. watching it. I mean, that's the thing is that it's it's a very difficult genre to like I mean, it's both it's a difficult genre to watch and it's also a difficult genre to find because yeah. I am looking for a couple of different things and part of the difficulty of it is because I'm looking for these like really complex like obsessive relationships there's always like a really crazy power imbalance dynamic and Mm. that's part of why the homoeroticism kind of works in that way where like you do have a well I mean obviously it depends but like often there is less of a power imbalance Mm -hmm. um when you have like two people of the same gender for whatever reason uh and that I mean it's multiple reasons why I'm into that but also it just has this like it kind of it threads the needle in a slightly more interesting way to me because you're dealing less with like sexual violence kind of. Mm -hmm. And it's more about this like really intense interpersonal relationship, which is romantic and sexual, but I don't know. Like there's, it's kind of like, it's a little bit more removed from life. Like I do, one of the movies I watched dealt a lot with sexual assault and I do, I really enjoyed it, but that Mm -hmm. was a part of it that was like, Oh, that's a little hard to watch. And it's yeah. like, and, yeah. it, and that is often a part of it because I'm looking for these like really dark relationships. Yeah. And like, that's part of what's interesting about it to me, but it can be, it's like, it's kind of this tricky thing where obviously like for me, I'm not looking for like a moral message from films, but there is like a certain amount of, you know, if it is incredibly dark and twisted it can be very difficult to watch yeah and like uh not necessarily pleasurable but there's like there's the sweet spot between those two things that i think is like really what hits for me yeah um and so it's 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 one of those things that's really tricky can i tell you about one of the movies that i watched that really fell in there yeah i was just gonna say say really quickly too could know what you're saying too um about it being it's hard to find these movies without it being something that maybe goes overboard into like uh very disturbing assault territories i did in hearing you say that i'm thinking about if we're if we're imagining trouble every day as a vampire movie Mm -hmm. uh it is kind of nice having these attacks framed as assault where vampire movies are very sexy Mm -hmm. like when someone is getting attacked and bitten and they're not framed as assault it's titillating and it's sexy and these are 
absolutely not meant to be titillating scenes. Right. They're horrifying. Totally. And like, um, I, and I think that's like an intentional choice, and like a very good much choice, so. obviously, and yeah. like meant to be like, hey, <laughs> like yeah. you should be taking this seriously, which is a thing I definitely respect and like appreciate yeah. from a filmmaking perspective. But and both the yeah. encounters start out as something desired and pleasurable. Mm-hmm. The encounters being Beatrice Dahl and her victim, yep. and Vincent Gallo and his victim. Right. They both start as uh, consensual. Like consensual. Yeah. Um, and of course, as soon as the cannibalism comes in, <laughs> it is no longer it consensual. It ceases to be consensual. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess what you said made me think of it. Yeah, as more of, of a vampire movie, but being honest about yeah. how uh, unsexy it is and horrifying it is to be in uh, in control of something like that. Um, there's a scene toward the end where, yeah, Vincent Gallo is clearly desperately trying to. Um, pull back an innocence mm-hmm. into his his life and his relationship totally. he like wanders the streets and buys a puppy to bring back to the his wife it's like what are you doing man <laughs> that's not gonna work i don't know <laughs> oh like, no it's so desperate um, but yeah. yeah sorry tell me oh no i no, want to no. hear I'm i done. i mean that sounds so fascinating and i'm really interested to watch it because i am so into like yeah that kind of relationship dynamic where it is this like especially something that starts consensual and then has this like incredibly I mean it's not even necessarily a gray area it's just like oh yeah no that's like what you what you're doing is assault and like it has but it has this like the thing that usually interests me is when it does have that gray area of Mm -hmm. like you know I love when to when somebody in a movie gets coupled with somebody who's a murderer and they're like actually I'm into murder yeah (laughs) yeah that's always what I actually want and it's very rare yeah and it seems like eventually the do eat me actually (laughs) his wife I think her name her character's name is June it does seem like at the very least she does start to understand that something is going on maybe she doesn't specifically know what but she knows something is going on but they're so in love. He has clearly disappeared and done horrible things right. to sate this need so that it doesn't bring itself like does, so it doesn't, doesn't appear take in yeah. his relationship. Um yeah, so and she she does have she has an this awareness, not, this yeah, awareness totally. of it, but she they're so in love. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's I mean, I love the power of love. I love the power of love. Um uh, but Tell so me. what I watched is a movie that actually was recommended to me by our good friend Kyung <gasps> years ago. And I had been meaning to watch it forever and never got around to it. And then I like kind of Googled it the other day and was like, oh, this might actually fit perfectly into the Jenny movie category because it's really gross. I watched The Skin I Live In. <laughs> oh, I've never seen <laughs> yeah. it. Yes. Which is a Pedro Ald- uh, Almodovar movie. I always put the emphasis on the I wrong know, syllable. Almodovar. Um, which was the first one of his I've ever seen. He's like uh, an incredible filmmaker from Spain who has um, a pretty hefty filmography at this point, and a lot of his films. He's Amores Peros. Yes, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He's made a, bu- a bunch of like incredible movies that I think people really respect and love, and I've been meaning to get into his work for a long time, um, but just hadn't gotten around to it. That and movie sounds effed up. It's really effed up. I've, I've read the synopsis <laughs> like multiple oh, yeah. times. If you've got the synopsis, <laughs> then you're good. Um, it is. I think it's probably his most famous movie. It's mm. from 2011. It stars Antonio Banderas, um, who is a frequent collaborator of his. <laughs> and it actually reminded me a lot of Eyes Without a Face. I think mm. it has a lot of like Eyes Without a Face um, influence. Oh, yeah. Like, I imagine that was a strong part of the inspiration for it. Um, but to give you a casual summary, <laughs> casual summary of the every, I live in. I will say every time <laughs> I read the synopsis, I get confused. Yeah. Oh, so it's confusing. <laughs> I will say watching it, it's not as complicated as it seems. Like trying to explain it is kind of a tricky thing. But so Ant- Antonio Banderas plays a uh, surgeon named Robert, who Roberto, who uh, at the beginning of the film is giving a conference to a, like, you know, a group of other medical professionals about this um, breakthrough in medical science that he's achieved from his own studies in basically skin graft technology mm-hmm. and developing a skin which is more resistant to heat, pain, wounds, all that kind of thing because his wife perished in a car accident and was burned to death basically mm-hmm. in the car accident. Uh, and so 
when we meet him, he is at this point in his life where he is giving this conference um, with what is clearly controversial medicine mm-hmm. because he is using techniques that other medical professionals deem to be unethical. Um, like meaning he, he, I believe he calls it transgenesis and I don't know exactly like what that means, but it has something to do with like using the skin cells of other animals and like the blood of other animals to create this like skin graft that he then puts onto people. Yeah. So like the hubbub over stem cells. Exactly. Very similar. Um, but so he is clearly like well respected, but kind of in this weird, he's on the edge of ethics medical deviants sure. he's medical he's maybe a medical deviant <laughs> um but so we meet him at this time in his life where he is working specifically with this one patient who lives in his house mm-hmm. in a little locked room mm-hmm. um and she is always wearing like a body stocking mm-hmm. which has little fingers and little toes and covers <laughs> their whole body which really i enjoyed obviously as you know that's the kind of art i'm really into yeah yeah disgusting Weird body stockings um, and she's incredibly beautiful. Her name is Vera, and she is played by uh, uh, Elena Anaya. Uh, and so she is alone all day in this little room where she has like her like little exercise ball and her like bed, and she's like drawn all over the walls. She's clearly been there for a while, um, and it becomes clear pretty quickly that she's a prisoner. Like, she's a patient, but she's not allowed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tries to seduce Antonio Banderas to have him let her out, and he resists it. Um, Antonio Banderas, Robert Roberto, is also... So in his house, um, he is living with this older woman who's, like, his caretaker, which we, the viewer, know is his mother, but he does not know. It's, like, this weird... There's all these, like, weird little, like, texture details <laughs> that you learn as the viewer, but, like, that don't really matter, kind weird. of, except to give you this weird additional like emotional component to it where like she clearly really cares about him and you realize it's because she's his mom but he doesn't know and it's like this yeah it has all this weird like interpersonal family energy which is also really resonant to me I just like I'm so interested in that texture feels like a really complicated like melodramatic novel Mm -hmm. kind of at times yeah um which it is it's actually uh listed as a melodrama which I thought was really interesting which kind of helps to alleviate some of the intensity later when as you learn through the movie Vera so what you find out about Roberto is that his so his wife died in this car accident he also had a daughter who um, killed herself by jumping out a window for like a myriad of reasons that you find out kind of later on in the film But so as you're watching it and you're watching him interact with Vera, you're like, is she his wife? Is she maybe his daughter? And it's going to be like a yucky twist. And you're like, what's going on? Because they definitely have like um, an intensely emotional relationship that he's kind of resistant to, but clearly like engaging in in some ways. And then about midway through the movie, you learn that six years ago. I'm going to spoil the skin I live Dude, in, but, spoil, it's, spoil, but it's halfway spoil. through, so I feel like it's not even really a spoiler. It's like know. halfway through the movie. I don't so care that it's a spoiler. It's a movie show. It is what it is. Um, but so you find out that six years ago, Roberto took his daughter, whose name is Norma, to a wedding, which she had been, before that she'd been kept in a psychiatric ward for reasons we're not really ever told, but we know that she's got some stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <clears throat> she is out and they go to a wedding together. And during the wedding, she goes outside with a young man. And uh, there's, it's framed as like a miscommunication because the young man is on drugs. And Mm. she also, she's like, I'm also on drugs. But she's referring to like her medical, like her medication for her mental illness. Mm -hmm. Um, And they start to kiss. And then it quickly turns into an assault. Which there are two really intense rapes in this movie, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a bummer. But thinking on it as I was watching it, I was kind of like, I don't see how you can make this without them. I think it feels, it's like difficult to watch, but it doesn't feel as exploitative as it could be. Sometimes they have their place. Absolutely. And I like read some reviews that were very against it. Like they were like, this movie is really misogynist. And Mm. I was like, I just don't know that I agree. I haven't, I watched it last night, so I haven't had enough time to really like sit with it. Yeah. Same thing with Trouble Every Day Exactly. But it like kind of sits in this place where it doesn't feel misogynist to me. It just feels like it's kind of depicting these really intense things. It doesn't feel like it's, um, like Almodovar is like, um, excusing it or like 
or showing it as something that it, that like should have happened. It just feels like it's an aspect of the story yeah. in this way that I think is actually really interesting and worth watching if that's something that you can handle. Um, but I don't. Yeah, to me, it it just kind of felt like it actually feels really necessary to the story in this weird way. Yeah. Um, but I still I need to sit with it for a little longer. But anyway, so during this event, basically, uh, Roberto's daughter is assaulted by this young man. Um, and then he panics when she starts to resist, mm-hmm. like basically hits her, knocks her out and then runs away mm-hmm. because he freaks out. Um, and Roberto finds her, obviously, like having just been assaulted. Um, and when she wakes up, she is confused and upset and like thinks that she's still actively being hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you find out that that's basically part of why she eventually commits suicide is that she is like in this incredibly panicked state all the time as a result of this event. Mm-hmm. So Roberto finds out who this young man is. He runs him off the road while he's riding his motorcycle one night, kidnaps him, keeps him captive in a cave under his house mm-hmm. and eventually, uh, basically performs gender reassignment performs a number of surgeries on him to turn him into a woman and gives him a facial uh, reconstructive surgery face face transplant basically to make him look exactly like his deceased wife Mm. and so vera who we meet at the beginning of the film we find out is actually vicente who is the young man who raped his daughter uh and it is very dark (laughs) (laughs) because they have a relationship and it is like it's you spend the movie being like does she does he remember does he know what Mm -hmm. happened to him like does does vera know who she really is does she know what happened to her because enough time has passed and she's obviously like experiencing some degree of like stockholm syndrome yeah um and like is clearly uh, like doesn't necessarily remember who she was, doesn't know where she came from, and is obviously her whole world is this doctor. Yeah. Uh, and there is something so interesting about that relationship to me that I was just like, I found myself, I was trying to watch, I was like watching it a little too late at night, and I was like, should I just go to bed? And I was like, no, I want to know what happens so bad. Um, and it is, so I read some reviews that were just by people. It wasn't like, there weren't, it wasn't like film critics, it was just reviews on Letterboxd. And mm-hmm. like, it's really, it's a very divisive film where people I'm are either sh- like, it's a masterpiece uh, yeah. or they're like, it's incredibly misogynist and like transmisogynist. But to me, it doesn't feel like the punishment is that he's being forced to be a woman. The punishment is that he's like being held captive. And yeah. then there is a scene early on where Vera is raped and it feels yeah. like this is like, it's not that she's getting what she deserves by any means because you feel incredible sympathy for her and you're like, this shouldn't be happening. And the guy who commits the assault is like disgusting. Yeah. He's an absolute nightmare. Uh, and it's, it, but it just has like this really interesting, like insane pulpy exploitation energy to yeah. it, but filmed in this like incredibly beautiful, like sensitive way yes. that it's like, it's such a fascinating film. Um, and I, yeah, I found it like incredibly moving, but not like, like, it's disturbing, but it actually didn't feel, like, that titillating. Well, that's the thing. is like, you, a story can contain those things and somehow, surprisingly, not not really necessarily have a focus on those really intense details, totally. right? Totally. And it doesn't, like, it doesn't <clears throat> actually feel, like, it didn't feel transmisogynist to me. Like, it just felt like, like, Vera is a character and, like, you, she, like, embodies bodies this like womanhood that she's now taken on as her own and like i don't know like she clearly has this inner life that is really interesting and like you learn more about her later in the film and i just feel like i don't know it had this it was just such an interesting weird like obviously like this really gross like incredibly messed up premise yeah which like is not obviously like Roberto is not the hero. Like, we do not sympathize with him, obviously. But it has this, like, very interesting kernel of, like, who are they? What are they to each other? I don't know. I found it really fascinating. Um, But I do think if you can handle those things, I think you should watch it to see how you feel about it. That's that's why I've read that synopsis multiple times. And it's not that I don't want to see it. It just I still haven't. But it has this, like... Me, a person who hasn't seen it but has read the synopsis and is, like, sickly curious, it has this, like, 
human centipede. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm dying does. to see this. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm gross. dying to see this effed up thing. Yeah. Like, totally. Yeah. It's it's wild. But I really liked it. It definitely like it's it's again, it's like it's only kind of in the Jenny movie like zone, but it definitely like it fills a bunch of those niches. Mm. Um but yeah, I loved the skin I live in. <laughs> I only watched one other movie and I'm gonna just talk about it really quick, which is that's okay. There's not much yeah, to say. I, say. I think we might actually not be on the air anymore, but because this is counting down. But I want you to say it anyway because um, I want to know. 